1: Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome back to the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. We've got plenty of Lakers basketball to talk about today. Sean Davis is with me as usual, but we also have a special guest, and that is Lakers guard Austin Reeves. Austin, thanks so much for jumping on here.
2: Yeah, for sure. Thank you all for having me back.
1: So, Austin, the Lakers just picked up their first win of preseason against the Golden State Warriors. When we had you on, I believe it was the last time we had you on here. You talked about how difficult it is to defend Steph Curry, about how the, the first time you were defending him, you felt like you were doing really well. And you looked up in the third quarter and you had like 20 some odd points in yep. that win yep. against the Warriors. You got to put a little move on Steph. You spun baseline on him, dunked it. How did that feel? I felt good. I mean, in the in the moment,
2: uh, in the heat of the game, you don't really think about uh, that much. But my friends definitely were texting me this morning. Uh, you know, he, he commented on the the NBA's post of it, uh, which which was pretty cool. But you know, he's he's top five in the league for for a reason. I mean, you could argue top three, whatever. So um, definitely definitely a good move. But it was also better to get the win.
1: Was that something that you that you've been working on the little half spin? That that's that's an old Michael Jordan move. There's a famous highlight of him doing that. Was that or was that just improvised?
2: Uh I've actually always done it. Uh I did it a lot in high school growing up. Um kind of went away from it for I have no idea why cuz it actually works a lot, but uh it's something that I've done for a long time, but I knew as soon as AD hit a couple threes uh I was going to have the opportunity to do it. So I was just setting it up all night.
1: Well, it was a, it was a tremendous highlight. I'm sure something that, uh, that stuff isn't going to forget next time you guys see him. He's going to be sitting on that one, but, uh, like this was your first win of preseason against the, the golden state warriors. And I've seen this debate going on quite a bit across Lakers nation about it's just preseason wins and losses don't matter. And then there's been the flip side. A lot of people arguing, no, 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 wins absolutely matter, especially for the team, given how preseason went last season where they didn't win a game in preseason. So I need to ask you, Austin, does it matter that you win preseason games?
2: Uh, Every time you step on the floor, you want to win. Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, with the games that we've played, mostly, I mean, everybody else, uh, like LeBron, AD, Russ, Pat, you know, they're, they're only playing like the first half, maybe a couple of possessions in the second half. So you don't really invest that much winning into it because you are you're trying new things. Uh, you're trying rotation. You're trying to see guys uh, that maybe on an E10 or the two A or whatever. Um, but, you know, every time you can pick up a win, you can you can look back and, and figure out, you know, what you did to be successful in, you know, the last two, three minutes of the game to sell it um so i wouldn't say it's, it's not important but uh you can't you can't really you know put everything into to wins or losses in the preseason because your your guys really aren't playing you know
3: late in the third or fourth um but you know you can take away
2: good things if you do get wins.
3: Also, what are some of the differences that you notice with this year's team compared to last year's team is there does it feel like it's a different energy this time around
2: yeah, I mean, like you said, energy, uh, which I think Pat Bev does really well. He keeps everybody engaged. Um, you know, he'll, he comes to me in the locker room all the time asking me uh, who the refs are because uh, we're supposed to know, you know, names and stuff like that. But it's just little stuff like that 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 keeps the, the, the team engaged. And then, you know, off the court, everybody's just, you know, around each other, playing rides on the way home, fun, like music playing. Um but, yeah, it's really just the energy, and, you know, I feel like we've gotten off to a good start in that uh, category. The five's been really good, so uh, hopefully we can continue that.
1: As far as the – I mean, obviously there's some big changes that are coming in. You've got a new head coach in, in Darvin Ham. We know that you're a very versatile player. You can do a lot of things on both ends of the floor. Looking at the offensive end, do you have a sense of what exactly your role is going to be? There's, there's a lot of different ways that we can see the offense using you.
2: Uh, honestly, I think it's just play basketball at the end of the day, uh, open shoot it. If not, you know, you can put it on the floor and make plays for others as well, um, which I feel comfortable doing. And I feel like, I mean, I've done a decent job in the last, you know, whatever preseason four preseason games just showing, uh, I have the capability to, you know, uh, put it on the floor and make plays for others as well. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm going to just play basketball. I'm going to try to make the, the best read, uh, every time.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that's, that's interesting. As far as you putting it on the floor, making plays for others. As of right now, you're averaging over four assists per game over preseason. And you've had a lot of really nice assists, especially some assists, uh, dropping the ball off onto the baseline, finding guys for dunks, things of that nature. Is that kind of how you're seeing your career develop moving forward? Like when you think, hey, this is the type of player I want to be two, three years from now. Is it as a, a lead ball handler, a guy who's going to be asked to, to be the, the main distributor for an offense?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I would like that. And, you know, I feel like that's where I'm really most comfortable at. Uh, and it's not even, it's not even more so of like getting an assist It's it's more so like, you know, getting people in the right position, getting the offense started. Um, it's not, you don't always have to make the home run pass. the, skip to the corner it might be the pass to the pass um but uh it's just little things like that that you know i think point guards do well and they control games because it's not you don't always you know have to get the assist out of it but you might make the pass that get someone else open and then they throw the extra um but it's just stuff like that that you know it's uh it's fun for me it's, it's fun for me to get everybody involved uh i remember last night came on just coming the game and I looked at him and was like, you, you want to touch right now? And he was like, yeah. So I, you know, I just kind of called a play for him to, to get the ball in so he can get, you know, a feel from, you know, just coming off the bench. I think it was uh, mid third. Um, so, you know, just stuff like that, that that I really enjoy doing in the game.
1: So point guard is your, is kind of your goal is to eventually take on that, that kind of a role then. Yes, sir. All right.
3: In the end, yeah, like you just mentioned, you seem to really thrive with the ball in your hands and ball screen scenarios where you get to get into the paint, read the defense, and make the correct read. Um, has there been a big emphasis from Darvin Ham this season to put you in those kind of situations? Uh, I mean, it's not you know, it's not a huge emphasis. I mean, because when you got
2: a you got a team that's got LeBron, AD, and Rush, they're going to have the ball in their hands the majority of the time. And I, I mean, I'm a realist. I I can understand that. And I understand why. Um, but it's, it's, we've been able to, you know, uh, kind of play around and, and coach has been able to put me in situations, especially in these preseason games to kind of get a feel for it. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, those guys are going to have a ball in their hand the majority of the time and respectfully, so they should, um, and, you know, I'm going to just have to play basketball behind them,
3: uh, just try to figure out, you know, plug and play and make the right play. So, talking about the roster in general, how is it coming together for Coach Ham? He mentioned today that he's looking at starting Anthony Davis at the center. Uh, what are the pros and cons of doing it, not only for yourself, but as a team as a whole, you feel?
2: I feel like the team's coming together really well. Uh, Dennis just came in today, uh, first practice today. And, you know, I feel like everybody, like I said earlier, has got a good, good vibe about him. Uh, everybody's you know encouraging one another and then on the other side it's, it's super competitive nobody you're not going through a practice where it's five on five where you know if a team loses they're just you know whatever it's on to the next thing like everybody people are pissed when they lose which that's what you want you want you want competitive guys that even if it's practice, want want to win every every possession every um every uh, little scrimmage that we have so um with eighty at the five, I mean, I feel like I mean, you can do so many different things around that and then him at the four as well. Like you can play uh, you can play big uh, with him at the four and then really give rim protection with him and maybe D Jones or or another big behind that. But, you know, honestly, 80s, uh, as you see last night, is as good as they are in the league. So four or five. And we're just happy to have him on our team.
1: Well, there's been a lot of debate recently about the starting five. And it, Look, Anthony Davis at the four or the five, that's certainly a piece to the puzzle here. But I want to give you a scenario here, put you on the spot a little bit here, Austin. Let's say Darvin Ham comes to you and says, Austin, I can't decide. What five are you rolling out there in the starting lineup? He says it's your pick. What who who are you starting and why strategically? What what would you be trying to do? Let's say it's for opening night, the matchup is the Golden State Warriors.
2: Uh, you are definitely putting me on the spot with that. (laughs) Uh, there's so many there's so many ways you could go. Uh I I I like the feel of of Russ Pat. We're gonna I it just because we started me at that night, but me and then ad or bron ad um but honestly you can sub me for for lonnie or or you know pat for dennis or something like that but like i like especially with the warriors um i think if you have ad matched up on looney he can really um expose that on the other end on the offensive end he can go at him a lot and then uh i don't know who is there for Oh, it's Draymond. It'll be, it'll yeah. be Draymond. Draymond, but yeah, <laughs> beside the point. Uh, you know, Bron, Draymond, I, you know, and then you got three guards that can really guard. I mean, Steph, uh, Jordan, Poole, and uh, Clay. Um, and those, those with those three, you can really switch all three of those. Um, so I, but there's a lot of lineups we could go. I mean, I think with especially in that one, two, three, um positions is really interchangeable. You could put you could put, you know, you could start Lonnie at the two and then you can start bigger with Juan at the three or Braun at the three, Juan at the four, or anything like that. So there's a there's a lot of lineups that, that I think it's gonna depend on who we're playing that that we'll see.
1: No, that, that makes me feel better. See somebody asked me that earlier today who should who should the starting five be? And that's the exact lineup that I put out there was Russ, Pat Bev, you ad and lebron of course being on the floor so all right all right i think i wasn't far off from what we could really see uh, out there on opening night or at least if you had the call on this one austin um what what are the big question marks about this team heading into the season it's been the three-point shooting right and there were there was a lot of guys that were added to this team but not a lot of guys who were added who specifically bring a lot of efficiency from behind the three-point line so How do you feel this team is really shaping up in terms of the outside shooting? And then what do you guys do to generate space on a team that perhaps is going to be viewed by defenses as one that might be lacking in that area?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as the three-point shooting as a collective group, I feel like it starts with uh, the offense. Like if we, you know, make the extra pass or, you know, you can always get a good shot, but if you make the good shot, a great shot, then it ends up turning to a wide open three or, or a layup or something like that. But those wide open threes, you know, your percentage is going to go up. Like we don't have to take tough shots. So I feel like everybody's percentage from three is going to be better this year, just because of, you know, the, the unselfishness of making the next pass or the extra pass to get a, to get a great one instead of a good one. Um, but since Darvis got here, uh, the main thing he has preached is space. Like transition, everybody's running wide. Uh, you know, we want to give LeBron, Russ, um, especially the, the opportunity to go one on one with our guys at the break. So I feel like the space is going to be a big thing. And then you got AB and DJ. Uh, along the baseline for lobs, and the AD can actually, you know, pop to the corner, space everything out that way. So, I feel like that's what's really going to help is just um, preaching what what he's preached so far, as far as like running habits and you know doing the right things to get those guys in in good opportunities for them to be able to have a one on one matchup to get to the hole.
3: It seems like this season with this new defensive scheme with Coach Ham, you're taxed with more defensive responsibility what would you say is the biggest difference between your role from this season and last last season on that end floor?
2: uh i mean he just he preaches guard your own uh there's not a lot of switching um you really just got to toughen up get through screens and guard your own so i mean it's really uh you can't take the easy way out and that's one thing about Darv is if you're you're not playing defense you're, you're not really gonna see the court um, because that's one thing that he hangs his hat on is uh, for us to be, you know, one of the best defensive teams in the league. And I feel like with the personnel that we have, we we have a really good opportunity to do that. I mean, I feel like we got really all that we need. We got the perimeter guys that can guard. We got the threes, fours, like, and then you got red protection uh, behind that.
3: So it's really just, you know, uh, man up and, and guard. And then uh, last question for me personally, Austin, in what area personally do you feel you've improved in the most from last season?
2: Uh, I feel like, I mean, just strength and, you know, making, making plays in, in tighter situations, uh, you know, like ball screen stuff. Um, and it really just being a year more knowledge, uh, you know, the, you can't really colleges, is is a high level, but it's not, it's not what the NBA is. Everybody's taller, longer, stronger, uh, faster. So you gotta, you gotta honestly figure it out, um, on another standpoint when you get to this, uh, level. So having that year of kind of just not sit back and just watch, but like, you know, learn as you go on and learn, um, kind of the, the little things that you can do to, you know, not get a pass deflected or, just little stuff like that. So I think just the year all in all is is a big help.
1: Now, Austin, I was I was in uh, Vegas earlier in the week covering you guys when you played uh, you played the Suns and the Wolves there. When LeBron was asked about you after the, the Phoenix game, he said that all you do, he said he loves you because all you do is golf, chill. And play basketball. Is that is that an accurate description? Like, is that a good summation of, of who Austin Reeves is?
2: That's very very accurate. I'm I'm, I'm trying to get Brian to come 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 to the course with me, but it's a work in progress. But that's that's it. That's what you see is what you get. uh I'm Not gonna ever cause any. You know, I'm kind of a, a more quiet person uh, in the gym, and when I'm not in the gym, my ninety percent of the time I'll be on the golf course. So. That's it.
1: Does it ever ever hit you or do you ever stop and think about how far you've come in a year? I mean, when you look at this situation, right? It was just over a year ago when you were in Vegas and you were competing for a spot on this team. And now you've got a guy in LeBron who is in the argument for the greatest of all time. That has done some incredible things both on and off the floor. And when asked about you, he says, I love Austin Reeves. I'm a fan. I'll be a fan of his for his entire career. How does, how does that feel?
2: Uh, I mean, it's special. Um, I personally, like, I don't really think about it right now. I mean, because I just kind of get keep my head down and, you know, I got to do what I got to do to, you know, stay around. Um, but definitely when I go home or I talk to my friends back home, they're like, what the, basically what the hell is going on? Like you said, arguably the greatest player ever um, saying those words about me uh, is somewhat unbelievable to them. And, you know, that's, that's my guy. I mean, since day one, since we were in Vegas last year, I mean, he's treated me with nothing but love. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's special for sure. But, you know, I he, he he's just another guy to me just because right. you know, I'm around him every single day. Like I get to see another side of him that that ninety nine percent of the world don't get to see. Uh but you know, he's he's arguably the greatest, you know, player ever. I mean, vouching for me, which which means a lot.
1: Right. Well, Austin, I want to thank you again for uh, for taking the time here with us. We really appreciate, really appreciate it. And you know, you've got Lakers Nation in your corner. And Lakers fans are excited to see what you're going to do this season and can't wait for the team to really kick things off with uh, the regular season, Game 1, against the Golden State Warriors.
2: For sure, same. I appreciate y'all for having me and we'll probably do it again.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Let's do it again soon.
2: Sounds good. Y'all have a good one. Thank, thank you, you Austin. too.
1: All right, Sean, Austin Reeves, let's start there. We need to talk a little bit about this Anthony Davis at at center situation, but Austin Reeves, what, what, what's your big takeaway here? What did you think?
3: I feel like this year's team, or maybe this is just my personal read about him, but I was grinning ear to ear the whole time because it feels like this team and maybe Austin specifically, is just so detail oriented and like when he was talking about how I love this little bit where he said, "Uh, you know, every shot's a good shot because you're an NBA player. Right. But, you know, passing up a good shot for a great shot, making the extra pass and uh, how much more, you know, this team seems to be paying attention to small, minute details. Um, it's awesome to hear. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm pumped, man, listening and getting, being able to talk to Austin for a little bit it was awesome.
1: I I thought it was interesting when he talked about playing point guard. I mean, I, that was why I clarified with him, like, because he's talking about being a lead ball handler and everything. And I wanted to double check with him, make sure like you, he wants to be a point guard in this league. He wants to be the lead ball handler. He talked about Kendrick Nunn and, and kind of talking to him during the game and saying, Hey, do you want to get a touch? Like he's, he's kind of got that mentality. I know he's played that role a bit in college. He's really good operating out of the pick and roll we talked a little bit about that as well but clearly that's where he sees himself going Sean do you can you see that 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 path for him
3: yeah absolutely I think with his size and his frame as well that could Mm -hmm. be a real asset for a team that wants to play bigger which I think like for example it's been a shift we talk all the time Trevor the Lakers might have discovered the new wave of the NBA with you know all the wings just get bigger faster stronger Austin Reeves who's a legit six five six six it Playing with point guard tendencies, you can go bigger in a lineup yeah. and be super switchy defensively, and then have Austin be your uh pick and roll ball handler and setting up or initiating the offense as he kind of describes there, Trev. So yeah, absolutely. I definitely think at some point that his game could translate and allow him to be that full time.
1: I think he's got the vision for it. And I, I think that that's something that we're gonna see a lot from him this season that's gonna become more apparent is that he's got the ability to, when he gets a step on somebody, it's like he's just scanning everything. And in super fast. The way he recognizes exactly what's going on in terms of just his processing speed, he understands where that pass needs to go. Mm-hmm. And he just fires it to, to where it needs to be. Um, again, just reading the floor, he does such a great job of that. I could definitely see him in that role. And I think with his size, it allows you to do a lot of things. Because he's 6'5", you could play him As a lead guard, you could play him alongside another guard who can handle the basketball, and you can be able to have multiple ball handlers on the floor at the same time. If he's a guy that the ball gets switched to on, say, the weak side, he's going to be able to attack the closeout off the dribble and make the correct read. So I.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. You need Indeed.
1: How Darvin Ham might, out of necessity, wind up using him as a three. If that's more defensively, offensively. He could be on the floor with, with, say, Kendrick Nunn, who he was talking about. And Austin Reeves can very well be doing the, even though we might not see him slotting into this spot, this isn't what fans would see him as, he would be handling more of the point guard role and Kendrick Nunn would be more the, the shooting guard in that scenario. Say it's Kendrick Nunn and Juan Toscano-Anderson or something like that on the floor. Austin would really be the point guard out of that group.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And to go on with the point you kind of touched on, Trevor, this is so cliche, but I think you've seen it through the four preseason games. Really the last three especially where the game is kind of slowing down for oh. him already. It's so cliche, but I think it's true if you watch back some film. I think it's true. And I forget which game was we had, with like seven or eight assists. Um, really, like you said, attacking the closeouts and already having that next pass in mind, but not in like a robotic way, like letting the game come to him. And it's really slowing down for him. And uh, yeah, he's played incredible so far in preseason.
1: I think, you know, you mentioned not robotic. He's really good at improvising. When, yeah. when need be. That's not to say, you know, we, we look at guys and we we see guys taking all these weird off-balance shots and stuff like that and go, oh, he's improvising. Austin's really good at just improvising on the fly while staying within himself. Mm-hmm. Like with the ball in his hands in transition, he's really good at energizing the ball and just making the correct read in the center of the floor. And, and sometimes that means he's got a little behind-the-back dribble on the fly that he likes to go to. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's making the move on on his man and then making a read. Sometimes it's just knowing where the ball needs to go with the the first pass. But he's a guy that you can trust to essentially lead the fast break for your team as the ball handler. So I thought it was interesting how, how determined he seemed to eventually take on more of that role, even though he understands that might not quite be his role right now. I think I could really see him blowing up in that role in the future.
3: Yeah, and hopefully it's in the Lakers uniform. Because yes,
1: that's right, that's right. Hey, Rob's going to be around for at least four more years, yeah. right? Just got that extension. Rob, get it done. Do not let Austin Reeves the go. Out the door.
3: Yeah, <laughs> better not, Rob.
1: All right, all right. Let's let's talk a little bit about some of the news that came out of practice today, Sean. We need to touch upon upon this. Um, Ham was asked about Anthony Davis playing the center position and said he is, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said he is greatly considering it or something to that effect. Sounds like it's something that is very much in the mix. What are, your, what are your thoughts on this? Because the Lakers, they signed Thomas Bryant. They signed Damian Jones. We've been saying, oh, it's going to be the center battle between these two guys. And now we've got Darvin Ham talking about AD at the five. And personally, I think the Lakers have honestly looked better with Anthony Davis at the five. So what do you think? about about going that route and let's talk pros and cons here
3: yeah and for starters i think it's maybe not a surprise but they've definitely looked a lot better with ads to five but like the floor spacing is also a little bit better too um and that's probably the biggest pro, especially with anthony davis and also paraphrasing here darwin saying he wants ad to shoot the most uh, three-point attempts his entire career yes. with the floor spacing the way he's he's hitting them right now That's going to be huge for your offense, and you can do a lot more things X's and O's-wise offensively that we, frankly, have not seen ever, or at least in a very long time. Um, So I think that's probably your biggest pro. Um, Another big-time pro is you can get a little bit more switchy defensively, even though by switching, I mean, like, you have a little bit more size and length and versatility because, like Austin said, like it's been confirmed, they're not switching as much this season Um, but like you can go JTA LeBron AD, or you can go Reeves LeBron AD with another two guards, whether it's Russ and and uh, Pat Bev or Russ and Kendrick non. Um, so I think those are probably your two biggest pros. You have a little bit more versatility out on the perimeter defensively, and then the floor spacing opens up and there's a lot more creative things you can do offensively.
1: Yeah. I think that it has looked a bit more open. Like I think Anthony Davis at the five is probably the best case scenario For AD, statistically, that's been true. Last season, he was better at the five than he was at the four. Um, I think it's better for Russell Westbrook with Anthony Davis at the five. I think it's better for LeBron with Anthony Davis at the five. I think it's better in general on the offensive end of the floor because it provides a bit more space. Look, Thomas Bryant can shoot the three, hasn't shot it great in preseason. I don't know how much teams are going to worry about him being behind the arc until he can get into a rhythm. Uh, Damian Jones can be a vertical threat but it hasn't looked as clunky when Anthony Davis has been at the five. And then the domino effect there, if AD is at the five, that puts an Austin Reeves into the starting lineup. Maybe it's a Kendrick non, maybe, it, you know, it, you're putting in another one of these guards slash wings. The downside though, being first of all, the Lakers have struggled a little bit on the, the glass. Um, and I'm being kind when I say a little bit, that's, it, it was a big problem for a few games here in preseason their ability to stop opponents from grabbing offensive boards. It was a challenge last season. It did not look good uh, here in preseason. I don't think you're going to fix that by starting AD at the five. Um, You're going to gain some things. Rebounding is not one of those things. So if LeBron is your four, Anthony Davis is your five, Sean, can you still mitigate the rebounding issue? Like, Can you still make strides there? Assuming that you're talking about maybe maybe it's Reeves is your three, I mean, we've been talking about him as a point guard, so you'd be a bit more undersized in that in that scenario.
3: Yeah, this is just my outlook on rebounding in general. And maybe this is stubborn and foolish of me, but I feel like I'm having the the, uh, same problem my own personal team. Um, I don't it doesn't really matter. In my opinion, it doesn't matter how big and tall you are because Lakers got some size. They can run some really big lineups. But well, like, if you're not actually like physically going to find a man and boxing him out, who cares? Like that size means nothing because some dude is freaky athletic. It's gonna come right by you, shove you in the back, and grab the rebound from you, right? So uh, maybe that's a bold take, but I don't think the size matters. As long as like they were making a, a conscious effort to actually go box out, I think they'll be fine. And that's been the biggest problem in preseason, with whether they're running a bigger lineup or a smaller lineup it's the boxing out because they ran some big lineups in preseason and they still can't rebound. So I don't know, man, I think it'll be fine. If 80's at the five and you're running a smaller lineup. As long as you go box out. All right. So you
1: heard it here. Sean Davis says size doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's definitely, that's <laughs> definitely how people are going to hear that.
1: <laughs> but, but you think that this is more of a, a habit thing. Right, in terms of getting the guys to get into the habit of consistently boxing out, that is really the cure to the the rebounding issue, more so than oh, we just need to put more bigs onto the floor.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying it's going to completely fix it. You're going to be the greatest rebounding team ever, but like right now, team, we gave up a 15 offensive rebounds in the first few games, and then I think it dropped down to nine maybe for the Minnesota game and then shot back up for the Warriors game, I I believe. Like, that number, anything below 10, I feel comfortable with. You're not giving up 15 offensive rebounds a game if you're actually going to go box out and then go get the ball. Um, So, yeah, I I think you'll solve a lot of your problems if you just focus on boxing out. You'll solve way more problems than
4: just
1: us. I, I will say there are times when a lot of offensive rebounds are okay. For example... If you're playing great defense and a team is shooting horribly, they're going to have more opportunities for offensive rebounds. You can't get offensive rebounds Mm. if you don't miss the shot, right? So there's a positive spin to this at times, but we've seen situations where the Lakers really should have controlled the defensive glass, gotten the rebound and gone the other way, and they haven't. So that's not what I'm talking about. But just if the Lakers do clean up the offensive rebounding, It might not always be apparent if they've done so just by looking at that offensive rebound column. You also have to factor in how well an opponent is shooting and how many shots they're taking. What's the pace of the game. Those two things also matter when we're looking at the offensive rebound column. Um, Another negative to Anthony Davis at the center. There is this idea that AD is going to be more likely to get hurt. If he's playing the five than the four. Do you agree with that premise?
3: And I'm assuming, like, the idea behind that is like, oh, you don't want AD to be banging down low as much. Yes. Yada, yada. Okay. Like, because technically, if AD's your five, who else is going to guard the bigs? But I think this was a point I talked to you off camera, Trevor. Like, for opening night, sure. Have AD be the starting five, right? But I'd be surprised, and I could be wrong, but I'd be surprised, Trev, if it's a seven-game playoff series you are facing, I don't know, Memphis, Right, where 80s can be the starting five against a healthy Jaron Jackson Jr. and stephen Adams, right, or the Timberwolves with cat and Rudy Gobert. I think in certain matchups, he won't be the starting five. Um, those two in particular, especially when both teams are healthy. Um, but like, again, go- opening night, Golden State. Also, I had to laugh when he said Draymond. Um, opening night against the Warriors, and you're Kevon Looney's the starting center and Johnson Kamingo's the four? Sure, why not? Go AD at the five. Um, I think the starting center from game to game is going to be very much matchup dependent.
1: Yeah, I think it can, I think he does. Darvinham does have the ability to kind of mix and match things on the fly as he sees fit. But statistically, AD was so much better as a five last year. I know like Thomas Bryant and, and Damian Jones were brought in to really compete for that starting center job. And I wonder if we just ultimately wind up back at more often than not, Anthony Davis at the five is the best idea anyway. Um, Darwin was asked about this the other day and I'll have to pull the clip, but he was asked about this the other day uh, when we were in Vegas and he mentioned that like today's fives aren't like they used to be. It's not like you're guarding Shaq yeah. night in and night out, right? You're not, you're not guarding that guy. So it's not as physically punishing as it once was, but I think you're right. I think there are, all st- are still some matchups, Steven Adams, Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, if you're going up against Rudy Gobert, like there's, there's going to be some more physically demanding matchups. And maybe for those ones, you can swap things out a bit. But in general, I think more often than not, you can put Anthony Davis at the center spot and be just fine. And, and frankly, when I say be just fine, I mean, be just fine with his health and be significantly better as a basketball team. Now, the other part to this, though, is we've been saying the Lakers didn't get enough wings in free agency, right? Rob Palenka may say it's a guards league. It's not. It's a wings league. Um, But this is, in this situation, we had been talking about how the Lakers didn't get enough wings in free agency and that Anthony Davis playing the four helps to mitigate that because there's a domino effect right? Anthony Davis playing more minutes at the four means LeBron paying, playing more minutes as a three, which means less wing depth that you need on your roster. If the Lakers are now at a point where they say, Hey, we are better with Anthony Davis at the five, which is reasonable. And I think fairly likely that just exacerbates the lack of wing depth. That, that much more.
3: Absolutely. And that could, this also be a, another reason why they haven't pulled a Pacers trade. Because, and the reason why I asked that, Trevor, is because if you really feel your best lineups are going to be with Anthony Davis at the five, what's the point of doing a Pacers deal?
1: Unless you feel, um, well, yes, if that is your you the way you see it, if you don't think that Turner and AD, like can Turner be the five yeah. and AD be the four, is that enough of an upgrade where now AD at the five isn't something you're as worried about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the the other side to it. But yes, like ultimately, if you believe that you're getting the way to get the best out of Anthony Davis is to make him the center, well, then you make him the center because getting the best out of Anthony Davis is more important than anything else on the roster right now. And that's factoring in that we know LeBron's gonna be LeBron, right? We know LeBron's gonna be LeBron. The biggest question mark is what's Anthony Davis gonna be? So the most important thing at the top. Of Darvin Ham's list, it's get the best out of Anthony Davis. And, of course, along with that comes staying healthy. If Darvin Ham truly doesn't believe that playing the five equals increased injury risk, then I think you can make a real argument why he should simply be the five more often than not. But then it throws us back to why not sign more, more wings then? More or wings. why give up like a Stanley Johnson in, in the THT trade? You know, that that's the problem that could become an even bigger one, even though I think you do get a better version of Anthony Davis at the five, I think you do get better team play as a result. You just become a little bit more thin on the wings.
3: Yeah. I can't believe he says a guard wing Gu- guard. Wing.
1: <laughs> you know, I, it could be a phrase. Maybe he was referring to the amount of guards available in free agency. That it, that's possible. I don't want to just, you know, skewer him for, for saying that. Because it's possible that he was thinking something else. Like, hey, there were more guards available in free agency or something like that. Um, but in any event, that's, that's one of my concerns. You know, uh, we haven't seen Troy Brown Jr. yet, but if you're going to run Anthony Davis primarily at center, that puts a lot on Juan Toscano Anderson, on LeBron to play, to play wing minutes, on Austin Reeves, who just told us he wants to be a point guard. To play wing minutes, it puts a lot of guys in situations where they have to play up a bit, which could be a problem. And it might link back to our offensive rebounding discussion because more often than not, you're also going to be a bit undersized there. Yeah.
3: I don't know. I have some very curious or not curious. I have some theories about how this team feels about the roster that I'm not going to share until we see it on opening night. But Ooh, some, some Ah, are... oh, Well, it wasn't really. A t- I, if you're talking about the scouting report, they already broke that. But um, no, I don't know, man. I feel like this roster feels still feels really, really weird unless what my theory is is correct. And that might involve some rookies playing.
1: Oh. Okay. Some rookies. Are are you going back to Max Christie here?
3: The only reason why. <laughs> the only reason why is no, because like it's it's made no sense that he started. He started like preseason games in LeBron's absence. When LeBron hasn't played, Christie started even with Anthony Davis. Granted, you could be like, well, there's not very many options <laughs> to start. Next to AD in a starting five.
1: How how's the how's the fan club going?
3: It's going great, man. So the Max on?
1: Christie fan club.
3: Yeah, you know, president, CEO. I got to get the, the the merch out. You know, the fans are wanting it. You know, it's going awesome.
1: <laughs> Max Christie, look, I just I I don't think I think if the plan going into the season is we're going to rely on a nineteen year old rookie who we got in the second round to be a major part of the rotation. Look, I think more often than not, that's not going to be a path to success, even if Austin Reeves was able to be undrafted and, and have success last year. But again, we've seen some good things from Max Christie. We'll see what ultimately happens there. I don't think he's the solution right now to their wing yeah. problem. A year from now, two years from now, you know, he's got the the potential is there. I'm not saying that he does, but the, the potential is there. But they, I think. Have some challenges here on the wing if we're shifting Anthony Davis more to the center position. And I'm curious to see how Darvin Ham's going to address that. I'm hoping it doesn't turn into Anthony Davis at the five, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Dennis Schroeder, Patrick Beverly, and Russell Westbrook being like the five-man grouping on the floor. That's going to give me flashbacks to last season.
3: Frank Vogel, is that you? (laughs)
1: That's... That's what I'm hoping we don't wind up with for stretches of the game where they're super undersized and then you wind up having all kinds of problems.
3: Okay, two things. One, okay, yeah, at that part, at that point, yeah, get some daggone size on the floor. (laughs) And then uh, secondly, to take that a step further, please, I don't want to see LeBron at the five that often this year. That's all I beg of you, Darvin Ham. You know I'm your biggest supporter. You're the, the, I'm really the, the president of the Darwin Ham band club. Uh, please don't run Lebr- LeBron at the five this year. I beg not that often, a,
1: anyway, LeBron at the five is a Jurassic park quote, right? He's the, <laughs> and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's, uh, you were, you were so concerned with whether or not you could, that you didn't stop to think about whether or not you should. Uh, and again, I'm sure I'm, I'm butchering that quote, like LeBron, uh, LeBron. Yes, that's that's Ian Malcolm. Um, LeBron can play the five. It doesn't mean that he should. LeBron can do a lot of things. LeBron can do, doesn't mean that you should have him do that. So I, I'm on board with that as well. I actually thought the Lakers weren't terrible with him at the five, but I don't think that's sustainable long term. Right. Um, are we overlooking just to finish this? Are we overlooking winning Gabriel in this equation?
3: That might be another thing, man. Like, when you're talking about wing minutes and trying to fill that out, wenyon has been balling. I don't think he was that great against Golden State. He had a very pivotal mistake. That was my master lock of the night for the post game show Uh, towards the end of that game. But, like, take that mistake out of your head. He's been spectacular in preseason. And, like, we, this is another narrative that's been going around throughout the offseason. Like, hey, if the Lakers see you create a roster spot, who are they cutting? They're going to cut Wenyon he has been good, man. Like yeah, I, I don't
1: think they're cutting
3: him. I don't think they're cutting him now. Um. So yeah, maybe maybe Wenyon's like that plug in play guy. You need ten minutes a night to play to get another wing spot or even a backup five, some backup five minutes. Although Fadey's the five, you have enough centers, right? So throw throw him in at the four, and then maybe that helps with some of your wing depth issues because now it's Wenyon, JTA, Troy when he gets back, LeBron taking him, and it's Reeves with the like absolute emergency backup being uh Christie and Cole Swider. And could you could,
1: could you mitigate a little bit of the Anthony Davis at center issue by playing Wendy and Gabriel with him and having him defend the other team's five?
3: That's also uh, another way you could do that. Yeah.
1: And then you still I know again I'm not saying you do that the entire game, but I uh, look Wenning Gabriel uh Damian Jones, Thomas Bryant Based on tiny, tiny sample size, I'm not saying write these guys off completely. Who's been the best of those guys in preseason?
3: The best has probably been Wenyan. I think the best we've seen with AD, I think when Damian was actually playing with Anthony Davis, I thought Damian looked really, really good. He did
1: have some good moments protecting the paint with AD. We saw that, yeah.
3: So, like, right now, if you're classifying Wenyan as a center... And AD is a center. My center rotation from the four is AD, Damian, Wenyon, uh, Thomas. I think Thomas has been the worst out of the four.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. There have been some rough moments. And again, I stress, it's four preseason, games. four preseason games. You've got lineups being shuffled all over the place, different schemes, the coaches trying stuff. So don't write off Thomas Bryant. Don't write off Damian Jones. Don't just anoint Wenyon Gabriel. Like, we need to give these guys time at the at least 10 games, see what they've got kind of go from there before we you know, hone in on anything definitively, but it's interesting that so far I think Wenyan has looked a bit better than expected. And Thomas Bryant, Damian Jones probably looked a little bit worse to the point where they've kind of met each other in the middle. And I think Wendy and Gabriel, as of right now should be solidly in the mix, maybe a matchup dependent consideration uh, off the bench.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And again, Four preseason games take it with a grain of salt, but so far, wenning has been incredible.
1: All right. Lakers Nation, let us know your thoughts. Of course, come join us on Playback for every single game. It's a blast. We watch the game directly with you. We chat with you guys as the game is on. We do a little bit of play-by-play, breaking down everything that's happening in the game. So come join us over on Playback. Use the link in the description on our YouTube channel. I'll put the link uh, in our, our podcast notes as well. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, listen to this, you can check that out and come join us. The room is capped, so make sure that you get in early and come watch Lakers games directly with us on our Lakers Nation stream. Uh, and also make sure, of course, you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel and the podcast feed over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Sean, that, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for Thanks for joining me for this one.
3: Absolutely, bro. It was a ton of fun getting to chat with Austin, chatting about the roster. And then one quick note about the playback streams. Again, guys, make sure you guys tune in. What's the next game? Wednesday night against Minnesota again. Um, yeah, if you guys want to see me go absolutely crazy in a close game this year, make sure you guys come check it out. It was a ton of fun watching that Warriors game with you all. So, yeah, come check it out.
1: All right, guys. Till next time, everybody. See you. And stay safe.
5: The headlines remind us daily.